This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury. This is Cruise Control, the car show here on uh, BFM. As usual, I'm on the show with my two very, very good friends. I have Ali Johan. Say hello, Ali. Hey, good evening. And uh, Mr. Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. <laughs> I'm choking in, in, in emotion because Richard said I'm his good friend. Good evening, everybody. And you don't know how happy time. I am to be with you. You choke every time I say that, my friend. Every time. <laughs> now, uh, of course, a show in three parts today. We've got um, some new cars up the top of the show. A little bit later on about where and how you can fix a damaged Tesla here in Malaysia. And then wrapping up with a car review at the end of the show, it's a Hyundai Staria MPV. Ali, um, no news then this week. Yes, it's been a very dry news week in the automotive sector. Hmm. But we've, we've got a few car launches and even an electric van actually that just launched last week. I'm going to start with the Honda HRV 2022 that's uh, slated to arrive in Malaysia real soon. We're already seeing some Facebook promotions by Honda dealers in town uh, for the all new. Honda HRV crossover, and this one is the third generation car. We've had it since late 90s, but the second generation is very popular. We see them a lot on the Malaysian roads. So now it's looking like it's SUV crossover. What is it now? Well, you know, the first one, they called it a crossover, and it looked very much like a crossover. You can see the picture, you know, the, the gold color picture which I put up, the gold color car. Um, <laughs> it looks like a station wagon, right? <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you must remember it's 20 odd years ago. Okay, so they, only a handful came into Malaysia. Then, of course, we had the second generation, which like, boom, you know, 100,000 units were sold in Malaysia, one of the most successful Honda models ever. And it was actually a very simple vehicle. It was based on a car platform. It had a 1.8 litre engine, and it just captured the hearts of middle-class Malaysia and also some rich people who bought it as a third or fourth car. I know, mm. I see it. Like you said, you see it on the road all the time. Now comes an all-new HRV. And when I say all-new, I'm talking every single panel, button, knob, right down to the rim and tire. Everything is new. Nothing has been carried forward. And it's going to come... Well, you know, we were, we were talking about this Facebook promotion and we don't know exactly when, but it's actually going to come in July. Uh, we just found out earlier this morning. And now, because, you know, we're end of the day already, I can safely say that in July, you can get this new HRV from your showrooms. But they're already taking bookings. And why I say but is... A lot of them who took the bookings don't have a price. Oh. So without a price, without a clear defining list of features that is going to be, be included in the car. Of course, this car has already been launched in Thailand and people are trying to get the Thai features in and all that. It doesn't mean that just because it's launched in Thailand, the exact same model will come here. Mm -hmm, It'll be mm -hmm. almost similar. You know what I mean? Let me give you an idea of what it's going to be like. No new car is going to stay the same as the old car price, Right. On top of that, our currency has moved a little bit behind. A little um, bit? Yeah, a little bit. You know, come on, Richard. You earn in you know, pounds sterling. You got no I wish. La, you know? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> we earn in ringgit, la, you know. Anyway, so that's one issue. The other issue is shipping and logistics costs have gone up, you know. Yeah, yeah. The cost of production has gone up. The cost of steel, the cost of wiring looms, they've all gone up. So we are looking at a price range of between 180 Eighteen thousand 
to 138,000. As usual, I'm guessing this based on my little, you know, experience in, in the car market. I hope that it will not go higher than 138,000 ringgit. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, and with the higher spectrum of the price, it might be the electrified version, right? Yes, the electrified version, which is the eHEV, which basically will have a small petrol-powered engine to charge the battery system to run it as much as possible on battery power to save fuel. Honda is doing like a you know like a reverse engineering in this area, you know. Mm, mm. So you don't have to worry about plugging it in. You don't have to worry about looking for charging stations. You're basically carrying a small generator to charge your battery. All right, interesting okay. stuff. And so there we have it. July is the time that we might see them uh, and can book already. But why do people book without knowing the real price yet? Okay, this is a fantastic situation that it's a global thing. There are a whole group of people out there, and I, and I think you guys will understand where I'm coming from, who just want to be the first for something. Mm. You know, mm. And they're not interested in drive dynamics. They're not interested in a review from DSF. They're not interested in what we see on the radio show. If they know something new is coming out, they just want it. Mm. Uh, I know like in my wife's office, she's got a few few people in the office who drive the Caron HRV. They have already gone out and booked this new one without even touching, feeling, price, features, size, nothing. It Does it have that much of an appeal then? Well, it just doesn't happen to, to Honda cars. It happens to a lot of other brands. Mm. It even happens to, for example, handphones. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, just to to go out and book something, it it must be brand value then. That okay, then I must you something. You yeah. know, a lot of Malaysians will go will go to a property office, yeah, and pay big money for something which is not even had a groundbreaking. Uh, yes, yes, that's yes, true. yes. That's true. So this is a thing which humans are. That there's some people out there who are just eager beaver to just get something, no matter what, you know. Yeah, right. but the looks of the car, I think, uh, is justified. It's really beautiful. It is a uh, good-looking car. It is a good-looking car. Next car that came out is the BMW i4 M40, just launched ah. in Malaysia. Yeah. This one, this one, full electric, huh? Beautiful wow. thing. Yeah, it's the first M, proper M. M means the performance division of BMW. It's the first proper M car from BMW. And because it's a full electric car, there's zero import tax on it because the government of Malaysia has given... Zero import duty exempt, uh, exemption to all full electric cars, whether whether it's you know coming from whichever country, it doesn't have to be an after car or whatever. So the mm. electric car movement gets a big boost. That is why the price is four hundred and thirty thousand only. Now, a a previous model of this car would have cost double the price. Yeah. So can you imagine how many rich people like Richard Bradbury? would be lining up to buy this tax-free electric car. I, I tell you now, if I had the money, I would buy this. You know, Richard, yeah. I agree with you. I would also do the same thing. When the M badge is there, it sort of increases the appeal of this car instantly. Yes, it's a, it's a selling feature. Even, even though it's, you know, there are a lot of M cars out there that are not tuned by M. They just use the badge and they use the wheels and you know, the skid plate. But people are just drawn to it. And you know, this car, even though it's an all-electric car, they're trying to sell the performance feature. Now, this, this electric car gives 544 horsepower and 795 newton meters of torque, mm. which means the 0 to 100 acceleration time is just under 4 seconds, 3.9 seconds. Now, if you look at those figures and you look at the price, this car is 100,000 ringgit cheaper 
than the Porsche Taycan. <laughs> okay? So now the question comes in. Would you pay... I mean, okay, it's a sedan. It's, you know, it's 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 nice looking. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's four-door, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's four-door. The Porsche mm. Taycan is also four-door, but the Porsche yeah. Taycan is sleek. It's low-cut. It's like a it's like a it's like a stretch 911, but hundred thousand plus ringgit more. What would you do? The Taycan looks nice, but it's an extra hundred thousand ringgit. But the person buying this car is rich. Richard. This is true. This is true. This is, but if they are rich, they probably already have a Porsche Taycan and they do not have the first all-electric BMW M car. Yeah, true. Very true. Untaxed, right? No tax, exactly. Now that could be a big appeal. Okay. Yeah, that's, and that's also, no road tax. Thing, eh? yeah. So now if you look at this car, let's go to the next new BMW that's just been launched, which is a petrol-powered M car. Okay. Which is the M5 and M5 competition. Yeah. Now this car has 600 horsepower, 750 newton meters of torque. So, okay lah, almost same as this electric car version lah, you know. But yeah. the zero to hundred is a bit faster, at 3.4 seconds. Now I'm going to ask you, 3.4 and 3.9 seconds. Can you tell the difference? No. <laughs> exactly. No. It's like sneezing. It's like sneezing. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you you can't tell. But this M5 petrol version has to pay full tax. So the price starts at 998,800 ringgit. Wow. That's more than so double, huh? You, you're, yeah. you're literally... That's <laughs> just ridiculous. So and if, if double the a, price for 0.5 of a second, if, if yes. that's how, the way you want to look at it. Right. So if, if you think about it, instead of buying this BMW M5, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they've already sold a few, but those people have sold, I'm just going to tell them this. If you had not bought this BMW M5, you could buy the i40M5, mm. which is 430000 and a Porsche Taycan, and have spare money for a Perdua Ativa. <laughs> plus, plus, can you imagine what's the road tax on this M5? I don't even want to think about it. Uh, yeah. At least 10K, right? Yeah. So if you add the 10k, you can also go and buy a Vespa scooter. Yes, you could. Yes. <laughs> Something to think about. That's a good uh, perspective. Yep, yep, yep. A million bucks for the, the new M5. Wow. And but there'll be enough people buying it, trust me. Of course, of course. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, something quite offbeat. An electric van just came out by Chinese company DFSK. Uh, they just put out this EC35 commercial van uh, about a week ago, uh, and this is going for 130000 with full EV tax exemptions. So this was a little confusing for us because the DFSK is actually Dongfeng. Lah. You know, it's a China-made China, China made brand. Mm. Dongfeng years ago came into Malaysia. They didn't do too well. You know, that was the early days of China-made cars, which never got a lot of respect, but they worked hard on it. They worked hard on improving quality. They worked hard on technology. They worked hard on reliability and they also knew that if they want to go into the international market, they cannot do a cut and paste. You know, early days, everyone used to say how uh, Chinese car manufacturers used to copy Japanese and European car manufacturers. It's a well-known fact. And, you know, you couldn't sue them because they're way back in China. You know, it's so difficult to get legal legal things done there. Now, DFSK, which is Dongfeng, the group, have come into Malaysia and they got this electric van. The problem is, the problem with me right now is, I'm trying to understand this. If you're going to sell an electric van, first of all, you've got to have a showroom. Simple enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get a mm-hmm. shop lot, you put a signboard and all that. But you must have after sales. 
I mean, this is brand new technology. Even though people say, oh, electric cars are relatively easy and, and everything else, you still got the software issues. You still got a lot of other things that might go wrong. On top of that, if you're having a vehicle on the road, whether it's electric or petrol or diesel or whatever, you must have some form of spare parts and after sales, right? Yeah. Because yeah. why? Your side view mirror might get hit by another vehicle. You might mm-hmm. have a fender bender. You might, you know, a headlamp might break or a grill. You want those spare parts because without that, you cannot continue your business. And when you talk about commercial vans or commercial vehicles, the whole idea of buying this vehicle is to have it on the road as often as possible for as long as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because every moment is on the road, whether you're doing uh, you know, online shopping or delivery service or uh, you know, um, van transport or whatever, if, if the vehicle is sitting in a workshop, you're not earning any money. Mm-hmm. Right? That's true. That's true. Right. Yeah. So when I talk to them, I, I realize that you know, there are some hiccups along the way. On top of that, this van with all its tax exemptions is 130,000 ringgit. Why? Exactly. So I asked, why? Because the current crop of vans in the market from Daihatsu, Nissan and Toyota and some other little smaller brands from China are all ranging between 68,000 and 108,000. Yeah. So let's take the most most expensive one, which is 108,000 for a Toyota Hiace. Now, I don't need to sell this. You just understand this. Toyota Hiace, solid reliability, solid after sales, not much issues. You talk to people who run it, no problems, right? Mm. Now, if you get the smaller vans, you talk about the Nissan NV200. Another bestseller, solid performer, reliable, good fuel economy, blah, 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 at 68,000 ringgit. So at 130,000 ringgit, how are you saving money in the commercial eco space? You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. why? Okay, yes, you don't have to put petrol. You still have to charge it. Right yeah. now, charging is not free. The charging station costs money. Electricity yeah, yeah. costs money. Yes, it's lower than the price of fuel right now. And and assuming that fuel subsidies get removed completely, you will be saving a lot of money. But the money saved does it justify the big purchase price? You so know? based on the price, maybe they're looking at it as a long game. That how long do these petrol and diesel commercial vans last? You okay? And, and normally, normally within five to six years, the first owners would have sold it. Five years, normally they sell it, and then you get the second-hand market taking it in. Now, if you go into the second-hand market for vans, which I've I've done a little bit of research. If you go along Sagambo, Jalan Kuching, uh, Churas area, there are a lot of these van dealers there. Gombak, especially, you know. Now these vans go for about half their new price. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, parts are easy to get. They're still reasonably in good condition. They can be used. So a lot of these Pasamalam traders, smaller business people will buy these second-hand vans. So if mm. you're taking something between 68 to 108,000, second-hand will probably be 30-odd thousand to about 50,000. Right. Now, with an electric van of 130,000 purchase price, the second-hand value might be a lot lower because the battery pack to keep it running might cost half the price of the van. And and you know that that's starting to help the resale value as well because there's not be a lot of these around to get spare parts from. Exactly, you know, it yeah. just seems like a very odd business model. But it looks to me like it could be handy in big warehouses or airports. You know, transporting little things going on flat surfaces. Traveling You're roads. very right, Ali. Yes, in a controlled environment, I think this is perfect. Yeah, ports. Mm. You know. Yes. You know, if you're calculating your carbon footprint, you know, you if you're if you're a big company, say now you're a multinational company, okay, mm. and you need to go green, 
you will be strong arm into getting something like this because the long-term benefits come in other ways. And somebody has to start somewhere. So, you know, I say thank you to Dongfeng and thank you to QC Fleet because somebody has to start. This is the first electric van for commercial use coming into Malaysia. Mm. Okay, um, we should probably wrap up for this segment, I think. If my Mandarin is correct, Dongfeng means south wind. Ooh. There you go. Yeah, good. Right, uh, time for a little break, folks. Uh, you are tuned into Cruise Control, of course, the car show here on BFM. We've been speaking about some new cars and an electric van. When we come back, something else electric. Where and how can you fix a damaged Tesla here in Malaysia? Hold that thought. You tune into Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9. FM 89.9, the business station. This is Cruise Control. I'm Rich Bradbury. I'm joined, of course, by Ali Johan and Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. We've been speaking about new cars and electric vans and a whole bunch of other stuff, but now it's onto something greater, something gifted to us by Elon Musk. It is the Tesla car. Daniel, question for you. Where and how will you fix your damaged Tesla in Malaysia? I'm so glad you asked that question because that's the question... <laughs> <laughs> I asked a salesman in a private importer showroom recently. What happened is, uh, you know, as usual, I got friends who always, you know, when they want a car, they come and look at me, you know. Other things, they don't come and look for me. Anyway, so <laughs> this friend of mine, crazy about Tesla, you know, he's, he's like a major fan of the, the brand, the person, the, the, the company and everything else. So when he saw Tesla's being uh, advertised brand new, he doesn't want to buy new. So he, when he saw advertised brand new, of course, coming from grey importers, but they're now brand new coming in from UK. Uh, and the price is quite reasonable because it's tax-free. He said, hey, can you follow me to just go and check out this car? So we went to one of these showrooms. It's somewhere uh, outside PJ. It's in KL City. I won't tell you the name of the showroom or the dealer or anything else. I don't want to get anyone in trouble because I'm already in trouble for writing this article. Now, <laughs> salesman was very friendly. He came up to us. He talked to us. And, you know, my, my friend did, made me do all the talking. So the guy showed us the car. The Model Y he explained to us this is a UK model, it's fully imported. This is a high spec, uh, beautiful color, beautiful interior, everything else. You know, he showed us how to run it. Uh, he wouldn't allow us to go for a test drive. He said the car is not registered, there's no insurance. But he said you can start it up, you can, you know, play around with the interior. If you want, you can just go up and down the little, you know, showroom area, you know? Mm. And that's what we did. And my friend was super excited and he, he was ready to buy. Then I said, okay. Um, Mr. Salesman, can you just explain to me something? Now, if I buy this car today and I'm driving along the street, I'm a safe driver, I've got my insurance, I've got everything done. And then say a motorcyclist, tired from doing a lot of delivery during the day, loses a little bit of control and hits my side view mirror, okay? Mm. And in doing so, he's, he's also hit my, my door glass and the glass has shattered, you know? So now I need to get it fixed, right? So you look at me yeah. and say, what, what do you mean? In, claim insurance. I say, yes, I claim insurance, but where do I go to get it fixed? Because you are now selling me a car with no official office here, after sales, uh, you know, warranty package, everything. So, no, no, we got warranty, you know, but the warranty is a store warranty. You know what I mean? Mm. It's a dealer warranty. It's not mm. a Tesla international warranty. But he said, oh, no, no, uh, Tesla got in Singapore. I said, okay, so Tesla got in Singapore now. But, who is going to bring in these parts for me? You know, insurance, I can claim, right? But who's going to bring in the parts? Do I have to do it myself? 
or would you do it? So we can do for you. I said, okay. Now, when you do for me, now you bring in the parts, you bring in the side view mirror and the glass. Who is going to install? Oh, we got plenty of authorized workshop. We got Tesla 4S Center in Malaysia. I said, Tesla 4S Center, do you have mechanics? There? No, no, we got, we got people. I said, okay. That means you don't have proper mechanics. You don't have proper trained technicians. You just got someone who can do the job. Now, if this was a Perdua or a Proton or even a BMW, I will not be so worried, correct? Mm. Now, with a Tesla, from what I understand, there's a lot of electronics running around the car also. You know, because yeah. you've got sensors, yeah. you've got, you know, and, and you know, the side view mirror has got sensors in it. It's got little uh, uh, little things for, for safety features and all that. Now, if I'm going to replace that side view mirror, I need to go into the central nervous system of the vehicle mm-hmm. to say, hey, you know, this has been changed, right? Mm. That's sort of common sense. And if I'm going to change the glass, I'll need to open the inner door panel. I'll need to replace the glass. I'll need to unplug some wires and then plug it back in. Can the people that you have right now do it without giving me some warning lights, right? Yeah. Already I'm just like, no. Ah, so you get where I'm going. So then the guy said, oh, no, no. Uh, Any problem can go to Singapore and do because Singapore got authorized Tesla. I said, okay, now, who is going to pay for the cost to go to Singapore? So right. oh, you have to pay. So what? then, yeah. So, so you've you got to ship the car there, which is going to cost you money. You've exactly. got to pay for the service over there, which is going to cost right. you money in Sing dollars. Correct. The next question I asked him is, it, will Tesla Singapore accept my car? Because my car originally came from UK. Mm. Then he said, oh, no, sure, sure, sure. I said, okay. Can we have it in writing? No. Oh. Okay. So that means it's it's 50-50. So mm. of course, uh, we continued the conversation and the conversation went south. And, you know, because I started giving other scenarios like, okay, I gave you a simple, small accident. What if I had a front accident? You know, that means my headlamps are gone. My fender is gone. My grill is gone. And then some of the electronic components are gone. How? Oh, we can ship it back to UK. I said, okay. What? Who pays for the shipping? You pay. Wow. So now, now comes the question in, in, a, in, in the salesman's words, huh? boss, you buy a car like this, special, uh, like you buy a supercar. So, but you see, even if I buy a supercar in Malaysia, there is a dealership that will, yeah. will sort me out. And yeah. it's not so electronically complicated that I'm going to be worried about shipping to UK. You know, shipping to UK is 20 over 1,000 ringgit one way, you know? Yeah. And then what about the you know the logistics costs within UK and everything else? This mm. is even though I'm buying the car tax free, I'm not willing to pay all this out of pocket. You know. Yeah. yeah. What was your friend's reaction to all of this? And afterwards, well, when we left the place, he said, "Why are you giving the salesman such a hard time?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I said, my friend, you not to say super millionaire. <laughs> you know, uh, uh. you're buying a three hundred over thousand dollar car with no after sales, no proper manufacturer's warranty." no dealer backup in case you have to upgrade your software and everything else. What are you going to do? Yeah. So then after that, I told him, I said, okay, let's go to another dealership and talk to them. So we went to another, one of these grey importers who bring in these new cars. We went to another dealership. This time I said, you do the talking. I'm not going to say anything. We went to in that dealership. We went along the same lines of the conversation. It was exactly the same. So my worry is this. I wrote this article it has got a lot of positive uh, reaction. It's also got some negative reaction from the people who bring in these cars. 
I'm mm. not trying to take away their rice bowl. I want to make that clear. I'm not telling mm. them don't do the business. Mm. If you're doing car importation and you're selling cars that are already in Malaysia, like Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Audi, Porsche, you know, mm. Ferrari, McLaren, all, you have some backup. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. They might be models that are not particularly sold in Malaysia, but at least the dealer is there to help you with something for the right price. You know, take it down to its simplest kind of scenario it doesn't even have to be a car if right. i'm buying a tv here or i'm right. buying a microwave or, or whatever i want to know that there's some kind of coverage on it if something goes wrong yes. you know i don't want to be having to jump through hoops and figure out ways and means of getting it back to the factory and fixed right. if this is something you're spending three hundred thousand ringgit on you want a cast iron guarantee that if anything goes wrong right. it's going to be fixed yes the next thing is a lot of these guys who are selling these cars don't even know that when you bring in an electric car, like a phone, you have to keep charging it even though you don't sell it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you don't charge it, the battery will degrade faster. Mm. And they're not even doing that. They're just storing it until the next customer comes. You know? So this whole electric car lifestyle needs a little bit of education, a little bit of common sense, a little bit of know-how. That is why people are saying, let Tesla come into Malaysia and then you do the business, you know? That was going to be my question. Do we have any idea if and, and when they might be coming? My guess is they won't come very soon because of what happened with Green Tech Malaysia many years ago. I think it created a little bit of a sour note for Tesla. Tarnish, tarnish. Tarnish a little bit. But maybe, mm. you know, maybe if you send maybe, you know, Ali to go and talk to Mr. Elon, maybe Mr. Elon will say, hey, Mr. Ali, I think, you know, you're from BFM, you know, people listen to you. Maybe I'll bring in, you know, Tesla to Malaysia. I mean, it, mm. it'll happen sooner or later. Mm. But let's put aside a Tesla. Let's talk about even Polestar. Polestar electric mm. cars are coming to Malaysia now. Again, no backup, no service, no spare parts. All right. Food for thought then. Food for okay. thought. Uh, let's take a short break. Yep. Uh, good chat, good chat. Hmm. Now then, um, we do have something left for you folks in the third part of the show. We've got a car review. It's a Hyundai Staria MPV. Stick around. We'll be right back after these messages here on Cruise Control to tell you all about it here on BFM 89.9. FM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. We're into part three now. If you're only just joining us, we've been speaking about some new car launches, an electric van, and what and where you need to do if you want to repair a Tesla here in Malaysia. Pro tip, spoiler alert, it's difficult. It's a <laughs> logistical nightmare. Uh, let's talk about some new cars, and in particular, Hyundai, the uh, Staria MPV. Tell us about this then, Daniel. You've seen the pictures, right? Yes. What a good-looking vehicle. Isn't it just? Yeah. Yeah. You either love it or you just hate it. Mm. From my reaction of driving it a few days, everybody loved it. Okay? Also, yep. everybody who saw this vehicle, whether they came up and talked to me or, you know, they, they, they said hi or whatever, they all thought it was an electric car. It looks like something that should be yeah, an electric car. It looks yeah. it. Yes. Number two. They all think it's a replacement for the Hyundai Starex MPV. Do you know the Starex? Yes. Big, bulky mm -hmm. little thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, it's more like a bus. It's a people carrier. 
it's taller, it's bigger. They all think this is a replacement. Well, it's not. The Hyundai Starex will continue to be produced, continue to be modified, continue to be replaced with newer models and all that. The Staria is a whole new product life. Okay? Now, if you look closely at the Staria, the reason why it looks like that is back in, back in, in, in Hyundai land in Korea, mm-hmm. very soon this will come as a full electric vehicle. Oh. So to start off with, they released it into the market with the same, almost the same engine as with the Hyundai Starex, which is a mm-hmm. diesel engine. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say, oh, diesel engine. There's nothing wrong with the diesel engine because this is a new clean diesel engine. It's very efficient. It's very quick and it's very, very perky. Okay? Now, when we picked up the car, we also thought, ah, yeah, diesel engine in this good-looking vehicle. But it's not loud. Okay? It's, it's, it's reasonably quiet. And that is why a lot of people actually thought, hey, this one, uh, electric car. Then when they really listen, oh, yeah, I can hear the diesel engine. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's a 2.2-liter diesel engine, turbocharged, 177 horsepower, which is a lot for diesel, 431 newton meters of torque. Yeah, now, not when, bad. Not bad. And when you look at the vehicle size, it's bigger than the Starex in terms of length, but it's about the same width. And then, mm. of course, it's lower because it's more streamlined. So when you get inside the Staria, as you see the pictures in my article, there are only seven seats. Now, in some markets like Australia and Thailand, you can buy this as an 11-seater, which is basically a full-size minivan, or you can buy it as a nine-seater, which is you know, like, like the Kia Carnival. Or for Malaysia, they bring in the seven-seater. Now, why Malaysia the seven-seater? Because the Hyundai management in Malaysia said, we are not going to compete with all the other people movers. We want to go one level up to play with the Toyota Alpha buyers. Mm. So they are seven-seater. We are seven-seater. Top spec, full luxury features, suede material, Napa leather, you know, all the belts and whistles. The safety features are just through the roof in this vehicle. It's got, it's got features that you'll find in car, you know, luxury cars costing double the price. And... Um, I mean, the comfort inside is is it's there. Like. One touch, full recline. Uh, basically, you can sleep in the car. I, I did a video on it. Actually, basically, just lying down in the back and then someone driving me. So it, it's comfortable. It's got a nice engine. It's got you know nice big sunroof. It's got mood lighting. It's got a decent Bose sound system. Uh, not the very best in the business, but good enough for an MPV with this size. Um, clarity is there. Uh, seat comfort in the third row is also very good. People like Richard, very tall, can still sit in the front row and a uh, person of his side can sit in the back with a lot of leg room. And the seats can be moved forward and backward to create individual, you know, uh, leg room uh, divisions, you know, and also to put more luggage in the back if you need one, if you need need the space. So we took it out for a test drive. We enjoyed it for a few days. We got a lot of reactions. A lot of people took out their handphones, took a picture. People came up. Whenever we parked the vehicle, someone definitely, someone definitely came up to us and said, hey, this one electric. Hey, this one what car? Oh, this one Hyundai. Because there's a, the Hyundai name was on the side of it. And said, oh, Hyundai, make this car. Oh, you know, surprise. Because why? It's not got a lot of publicity. And I think we are the first publication to actually take it out for a test drive, you know? Now, in terms of sales, sales has not been extremely promising as expected for a couple of reasons. Number one, the price. 358,000 ringgit. Ah. Now, at that price, this is the most expensive Hyundai in Malaysia. 
Okay. Even the Palisade is cheaper. So for a lot of Malaysians, to pay that much for a Hyundai, it's that, that little brand association to, to luxury. You get what I mean? What's the price comparison between its competitors like Alphard or Velfire? Okay, the Alphard is almost 90,000 more and the Velfire is almost 70,000 more. Brand new. Eh? Don't talk about grey import. Eh? Mm. So Apple to Apple in terms of warranty, after sales, everything, almost the same. Features, almost the same. But of course, the Alphard and Velfire are petrol engines. This is a diesel engine. So some people say, oh, I don't want diesel. You know, okay, they got their reasons. But mm. if you're talking about comfort, uh, safety and space, they're almost equal. In fact, I think this vehicle has got a bit more space because it's longer. Now, in terms of looks, it's subjective. Some people love it. Some people like the Alpha look. I personally, I'm not drawn to the Alpha look because there's a lot of chrome on it, you know? Mm. I like this simple, clean, uh, de-chromed kind of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. presentation mm-hmm. of the of the Staria. But, you know, different people, different strokes. So, let me ask you this, Ali. If you had a choice between this and the Alpha, which would you buy? Money, no object, eh? Yes, I love the look of this, especially the front because it takes off from the new Ionic electric car. Mm. It's got the same vibe. Even though it's not an electric car and it's a diesel uh, engine, I think how it's sort of big family, uh, luxury seven-seater. Right, mm. right. Mm. So, okay, Richard, you know, you and your five kids with your wife, would you <laughs> would you go for something like this or the Alpha? No question, this one. I mean, okay. I've never liked the, I'll be honest, I've never liked the way the Alpha has looked on the yeah. outside. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just, it's too much, right. you know? That's my opinion. All right. For me, I love the look of this. So I will definitely go for it, but I'll only go for it in black. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. because black with the black windows, with the black grill and everything else black, my God, this uh, looks yeah. the business. Yeah, yeah. I can you know, I'll, I'll, even, I'll even get the wheels painted black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love the look of it. Yeah. So if you want to see what the black looks like, I actually shared a video of the black version. Ah, in my article, nice. so you can go and have a look at it. So, the price, it's 100 over 1,000, I mean, about 100,000 plus cheaper than the Alpha. But would it, you know, like if you drive it, would people say, hey, you paid so much for a Hyundai. Do you think that's a problem in Malaysia? Yeah, the mentality is, yeah. is, is I can an see it being a problem. Yeah, sure. But mm. cars like this are expensive because they are safe too, right? They've got safety features that are really oh, Very awesome. good safety features. Very good safety features. On top of that, this car is fully imported, so you have to pay a full tax on it. They can't local assemble it because you don't have volume, you know? Mm. Like the Starex has volume. That's why it's local assembled. That's why it's just, uh, you know, 150, 160,000. So that is possible. But with this, they cannot local assemble. Now, if you think about it, there have been other competitors in the market like the Nissan El Grand and the Honda Odyssey. But both the Nissan El Grand and the Honda Odyssey, despite being good-looking, large, a lot of features, never really made it. I mean, you don't see them on the road, in fact, right now, and they're not selling them anymore. Mm. So the, the, the brand image of the Alpha and Wellfire has just taken the segment by, by control, you know? Mm. So we have to see how... This car will fare in the future. Just to let you know, they've already delivered slightly more than 20 units. That's not a lot on the road, but I think it's enough to get going. I, I think, you know, the way into, uh, for, the, for these to kind of help control that market or take, you know, take over that market or whatever, it depends who's driving it, right? If you have a few kind of VVIPs picking up on these and driving around it, that, that will alter the mentality very quickly, I think. You're right. You're right. If you get if you get some well-known personalities, like say you, Richard, you know, yeah. driving it around, and then people see you getting out of it and say, "Whoa, if Richard Bradbury can afford this, please, I la. so one <laughs> la. 
please. La. Uh, I'm looking at photos of it in black. Wow, it's really, really cool. Oh, nice, imagining me, and imagining me stepping out, huh? Stepping out right. in shorts and t-shirt, you know, like a real rich tauke, you know. <laughs> oh, good stuff, good stuff. All right, are we ready to wrap up then, gents? I think we are. Well, thank you very much for that, Daniel. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Folks, um, that's the show for this week. If you missed any part of it, of course, don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally download it from. We recommend the BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. We've spoken about new cars, a new HRV arriving this year, and an electric van. Then we moved on to uh, what you can do if you have a damaged Tesla here in Malaysia. The, uh, the answer there is uh, let's hope it doesn't get damaged. And then we wrapped up, of course, with a car review there of the Hyundai Staria MPV here on Cruise Control. We'll be back same time, same place next week here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.